It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires and I am the host of this podcast. Um, today we're in a new month talking about how to develop your inner circle, how to develop that those that close those those, those relationships around you. And today I'm joined by Jesse Froling. Jesse, how's it going, man? I'm doing amazing, thank you. That's ah, good. How about that, you? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. So you're in Texas, right? And you you guys and you're like but just before we hopped on here, you mentioned you're you're getting ready to move to Nashville. But in Texas, is are we are we hitting winter? Are we hitting winters yet? Yes, we're hitting winter. We're getting some of the ice wind coming in, taking the dog out, and his pee is freezing as he is peeing in the air. So I'm like, uh Did you just yeah, say this... ice wind? Did you say yes. ice wind? These are not words Californians are used to. Yep. Ice ice wind. That's peeing, ice wind. Frozen frozen icicle. Peace. Peacicles? Is that what yes. Frozen peacicles. Peacicles. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Texas, it's become a uh, a seasonal thing these days. That every year we're getting the freeze, the mighty freeze. Have you heard about the mighty yeah, that's freeze? That's horrible. But go. You've heard I mean, about it? Yes. But tell me more about it. Yeah. So the past, I think, two or three years, uh, for a week long, we get the freeze, and everything freezes. All the trees freeze, the roads freeze, everything freezes. Massive icicles, looks like a tree from uh, Dr. Zoo's book. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it's just crazy, man. You can't go anywhere. You're locked in your house. The electricity goes off. And it's like, what is happening? We don't live in Canada. Um, but Seriously. <laughs> that's what we've been getting in Texas the last couple of years, um, which has been crazy. But... You know, we we adapt and we learn to live in the freeze. A friend of mine who lives in Texas, actually, uh, yesterday she posted online when she said, when the temperature gets younger than me, I'm not going outside. <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. That's a good one. And for me, it would be below freezing. Below I'm freezing. Young. It's right. It's right. Hey, man, tell us about you. Tell us about tell us about Jesse and kind of your your story and where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. So as you can you have a super weird accent. Most Americans, when I meet them, they're like, oh, what part of Australia are you from? And I'm like, not Australia, mate. I'm from <laughs> South Africa. Um, uh, so so I'm originally from uh, Pretoria, South Africa. Uh, I was born and raised in a Christian household. Um, my dad was actually a rock star in the 80s and 90s. He was the lead singer of a band called 12 Drummers Drumming, signed to Mercury Records. He uh, he, he led some festivals with Joe Cocker and Peter Gabriel and some of the greats. So I grew up in that, that, uh, musical household, especially when I was super young. Um, but when I was about 10 years old, my dad had a stroke that almost killed him, um, through a brain aneurysm and, uh, became disabled, but mentally and physically. And that definitely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, and, uh, me, you know, helping raise my sisters and really like make, forcing me to grow up at a super young age. Um, and, uh, I went through a lot of rough things in life and throughout my teenage years, especially and turned away from God, but God called me back home. And when he called me back home at about 21, I really gave him everything. And I was like, God, I'm not putting one foot in the world and one foot, uh, in, 
your kingdom. I'm going all in. And I just started pursuing him with everything and just being part of the church, being part of worship, being part, using all my gifts and talents and skills and everything I have to just give to the Lord as an offering. Um, although all my offering is nothing unto him, but just the faith that I have in Christ. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so that's a bit of my story recap very shortly. And then God called me to America when I was about, when I was 22, um, I was worshiping in church one day and I had a vision of me standing on the Santa Monica pier worshiping God. And I'd only ever seen the Santa Monica pier twice in my life on a movie or something. So I hadn't, wasn't really familiar with it, but as I was worshiping, I was just transported all of a sudden worshiping on that pier. And, uh, I was just praying to God and, and really felt like he was calling me out to America. So, um, I kept praying and like two weeks later, a bunch of money arrived in my bank account that I was like, wait, it was from something I did like six months ago. And I was like, God, is this what you want me to use this for to go to America? Never left South Africa, never really knew what God wanted for my life and just decided to go and book the flight and book the trip and go there with zero uh, plans or intentions of like what I'm going to do in America. So I get there um, on the first day I'm there, I'm in Rolls grocery store, I'm walking down the cereal aisle. And something in me is asked, like telling me to ask this random dude what American cereal I should try. Because in South Africa, we don't have none of these American cereals. We got like oats and I don't know, like random toasty flakes. Uh, we don't have anything that's like these American crazy <laughs> cereals. Um, and uh, so I asked this guy and he just starts laughing at me. He's like, oh my gosh, no ways, man. You're South African too. And the first guy I meet in America is another South African and it turns out he went to the high school across the street from me, graduated the same what? city. Yep. Uh, same city as me. He's also a songwriter and musician uh, that went to Berkeley College of Musician Music. And right at the end, he's, we turns out we both found out we're both Christians. And I'm like, what the heck? First person I meet in America is this Christian songwriter. Uh, went in, to this, in the cereal aisle. That's in the cereal aisle of Rolls so Grocery good. Store in Hollywood. <laughs> And uh, so I ask him and I'm like, hey, I'd love to go to church with you. I meet him on a Saturday and he takes the next day, Sunday, he picks me up and takes me to church with him. And so I go to his church and I meet all these amazing people. And it's so weird. I've, I've been in South Africa my whole life, which is technically my home, was my home. And there in that place, in that church, I felt truly for the first time, like I was home. I felt a warmth and a just belonging that I'd never felt before. And I truly knew even on that first time that I was in that church, this is the home that God's calling me to. So good. And so um, I ended up hanging with them. They went and took me to a genuine Mexican place, bought me tacos. And I was like, okay, now they, they've, they've bought my heart. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> food is the way to my heart, as my wife knows. And uh, yeah. That's um, amazing. Yep. And so then that Wednesday, we went to go visit a church, actually the church that Justin Bieber goes to, Church Home in LA. And uh, uh, we went there and it was a really fun time. And then this girl walks up to us and she's like, hey, I saw you at that church on Sunday. Um, and we're like, oh, awesome. It's a small church. Um, and so we, we, everyone in that church becomes connected and becomes friends, the one that I went to on that Sunday. And uh, we, so we connected with her and then Next to that girl, standing next to her was another girl that I just started talking to and initially connected with and was like, oh, wow, we're like the same person, you know, in terms of what God wants for us and songwriters and, you know, all the 
the things that's happened in our life that's led up to this. And we ended up talking for like two hours after church. And that is my now wife. So story of a God appointment. First week I'm in America. I meet her in this random church we were visiting that a random girl comes up to us. And that's not my wife of three years. Uh, so talk about God appointments and uh, people in your inner circle. She's my number one in the inner circle, my other half. Yes. Um, and so that's how I met her. And that's what led me to America. And that's what brought me to America permanently is marrying her and uh, being with her and, and now doing worship music together as a as a power couple duo. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess that's a, that's my story. What Dude, brought that's me so good, man. That's so good. I love, I love you just like the money showed up, you bought a ticket, you're buying cereal, you're meeting your wife, like all of the, all of that lining up to, 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 to get you to this point. And like, that's such a, I love the fact that you run into a guy from South Africa while you're looking at cereal. It just, that's a, that's an amazing story. That's an amazing story. Shout out to Kamva. He's the guy that I met. Amazing <laughs> songwriter and artist as well. And so shout out to him. I love it. I love it. So, hey, man, so this month we're talking about inner circles. You mentioned it, your wife's in in that circle, which is which I love. And um, how would you define how would you define the term inner circle? Like, what does that mean when, when you hear somebody say that? And kind of what does that what does that kind of conjure up in your mind as you kind of go, what I'm developing an inner circle? How would you define how would you define that? So I would define your inner circle as a really closely knit group that has strong bonds, bonds that are built upon a foundation of trust, unequivocal trust, that then gives them a privileged access to you, who you are, what you're about, and everything you're doing in life, uh, and all your vulnerabilities. So that's how I would define it. And kind of to be more metaphorical, you give them privileged access to almost like a glass room that's fully transparent and vulnerable to complete destruction. And uh, yet it's built upon this trust that, you know, there's pebbles laying all around, but none of these people are going to go and throw the pebble to break down this glass room that you're, you're, you're giving them access to. Um, and so down to your core, it's really the group of people that you can trust unequivocally um, with everything that you are, um, that you surround yourself with. And how would you, you, uh, you obviously put your wife in that circle. How would you go about kind of forming, forming those bonds and those relationships? I know somebody like you and somebody like me, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the road a lot and traveling a lot, doing music and, uh, as, as, a, and, and how did you go, how would you form that group of people? Because, you know, as you get lifted up on a stage, uh, in ministry and I mean, artistry, people kind of people tend to feel like they, they know us. Cause I mean, we, 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 uh, on stage, we kind of project the vulnerability or we'll share, we'll share some things from stage where people go, man, I'm really, I really know that person. Like, how would you, um, how would you kind of go about building that? Yeah. So I spoke about trust and, um, you know, how you, this foundation is built upon trust and you need to be able to actually like trust someone to bring them into your inner circle. But in order to actually get trust someone or get them to trust you, you have to take a leap of faith and open up to them from the start without yeah. truly opening up from the beginning. You know, you're not going to be able to actually build that trust in the first place. 
And so I think you have to build an attitude of openness to others, um, which is, I guess, what happened with that that friend that I met in the grocery store. I just started like telling him about myself. I'm a Christian, you know, I'm this, I'm a songwriter and, and just like opening up about who I am and what I do. And uh, if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to see who are the people that are in the same lane as you and that you can surround yourself with going in the same direction. And I think that is the key, you know, you have to be in that attitude of openness from the start to then see who are those people that are on the same train track. And this is what I believe happened with both my wife and that friend of mine that is part of those close friend and a close friend of mine now, um, where with my wife, so I was open from the start and so was she. And then we figured out, oh, we're both Christian songwriters. Oh, we both have this goal of, you know, really pursuing the Lord and music being a mission field. We go around the world doing tours and doing shows and doing all these amazing things. Oh, we want to do the same thing. If we weren't open from the start, we wouldn't have figured that out. And we realized, oh, we're both on the same train track, the same journey mm. that we're running parallel. We're not running adjacent. We're not running in opposite direction. We're both running parallel. And that other friend I met as well, through being open and vulnerable from the start, realized, oh, we're doing the same thing. We're pursuing the Lord righteously in this calling that we have that I believe if we're partnered together, we're going to reach this destination quicker and better and more protected. Um, and so through being having an attitude of openness from the start, we could then find out who are the people that are running on the same train tracks as you. Um, and those are all the people that are in my inner circle, the people who are all running on the same train tracks as me. And almost every single one of it. them are somehow connected to music. So, yeah. I love it. I love it because it's really, I mean, it's super easy to get kind of isolated in 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 ministry, in life. And kind of get mm -hmm. in the in that space of kind of doing your own thing, and then you realize all of a sudden I've built up walls around me to where I'm not I'm not authentic with with a, gr a group of people, especially in a church setting because a lot of a lot of a lot of pastors get in a scenario where they the people they hang out with are also the people that they're leading, and and so it's like it's hard to be vulnerable because on one regard you're leading this group of people, but in another regard. They're the people that you tend to hang out with, and so it can, can be it can be hard to kind of balance the authenticity and um, and vulnerability with with the leadership and the things that come along with being in in, in ministry. Um, but like so, but for you as a creative and as an as an as an artist and as a songwriter, having having an inner circle is crucial. Like because it's it's you're 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 writing. You are kind of like you're up on stage. You're talking about. You're talking about life and songs and worship and ministry and all of the things that come along with it. Where where do you find the benefit um, for you as an artist and as a songwriter, as a creative, to have those group of people? You talked about having been in the same lane with us with them, but where does that benefit like actually come? Where where are you seeing that benefit um, for you in this in this world? Yeah, so I love the. I don't know if you've ever heard this quote from Jim Rohn. He's the first one who, who who coined this this quote, but he said, uh, "You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with," and that's been requoted by so many people since he initially coined that. And uh, the quote really suggests that the people whom you closely associate yourself with can significantly influence both your behavior, your mindset, and just your overall success in life. And I've seen this happen time and time again when I was in the world. Those five people brought absolute destruction in my life. 
And now that I'm closely knit with people who truly love the Lord and are truly on the same mission as me in music, uh, the exact opposite, like I'm moving at rates I couldn't even imagine. Um, and so by an artist, I think the quickest way you can really accelerate your skill set, build your brand and achieve extraordinary dreams is to surround yourself with people that really inspire you. Uh, they're better than you and, and more intelligent than you and more knowledgeable than you in certain areas that you lack, that you can learn from. Um, and by surrounding yourself with people with exceptional character and ability, and also as a Christian, I would say true uh, love for the Lord and a, a true great foundation upon God and his word, you can really develop your, so I'll give a few points. You know, you can develop your skills tremendously by surrounding yourself with skillful, knowledgeable people. You can be inspired by surrounding yourself with people that truly go before you and are inspiring others and setting a great example, um, inspiring you for more creativity and just inspiring you in life. Um, it builds your networking and opportunities. That's been the, one of the biggest one for me, honestly, like almost everything that's happened in that's been successful in my life has been through building network and networking and opportunities that have come through building those closely knit relationships. They motivate you and they hold you accountable and accountability is such a good one. Um, hold, holding you accountable to what your calling God has in your life and then making sure you're on that narrow path. Whereas you're going forward with those uh, on those same train tracks that you're both staying on that narrow path and not veering off of it and taking some other tracks. Um, and then lastly, they're just there to support you emotionally, physically, just everything. They're, they're there to support you, really be by your side. Um, uh, that can often, when we're feeling those lows, we need the support. And it's a bit different. Getting support from those you can truly trust is more different than support from fans and others. It's a support that truly they're a hand that lifts you out of a low. Um, and there are people that God uses to bring you out of lows and to, to support you and carry you forward when you're struggling and going through pain. What would you say to someone who's like listening to this, that you're listening to you share right now and going, I don't have that. Like, I don't, I don't have that space. Like, I don't know. I don't have those people in my life. I, I've I've kind of maybe been wandering on an island or not not being open to conversation. Like, how would you help? A, can you kind of give us maybe some ideas on how to turn that ship and how to take a step forward and you know start start building those conversations? Because I think it's important to remind people that like in this scenario, this is not something that you flip a switch and tomorrow you've nailed it. Like this is the kind of an ongoing conversation and an ongoing relationships building, trusting, loving, connecting. Um, what are some ways to kind of like start that conversation as we move forward? Yeah, for sure. Well, I spoke about the five people you associate yourself with the most um, being, you know, the sum of your behaviors. Four of those five people are people I've met through churches and three, three were different churches. Um, so not the same church, but different churches. And I would say, you know, if you're not really plugged into a church community, you're going to struggle to find godly community and, and godly inner circle. Um, being So I would say, you know, if you're going and isolating yourself at home, not put, thrusting yourself into a community, and that doesn't just look like going to church Sunday every morning, because often like people leave as soon as church is done and you don't get to actually truly meet people, but it's being part of events, churches hosting, young adults, 
all these different things and really knitting yourself into community and their events and their and the things that that community is doing as a, as a collective going forward and, and making an impact in the society. Um, if you're not doing that, you're going to struggle to find community. And it's been through doing that and pursuing and putting in the efforts to connect with the, that church community and go to their events and and uh, go to different gatherings that has really in, helped me meet all of these closest friends of mine. Um, and so if you're not doing that, you're really going to struggle to find community. And if you are doing that and still not finding it, um, I, I, yeah, then then that's, you know, that's really tough. Then it may be you looking inwardly and being like, why, even though I'm going to all these young adults, I'm going to all these worship nights, I'm going to church and everything. I'm still not building community. You know, why is that happening? Am I closing myself off to others? What is the reason? Maybe sometimes we need to be introspective and be like, is there something I need to improve in myself? It's maybe closing me off to being vulnerable and building those relationships with people. Cause if you're meeting tons of people and not that, that probably is the only reason that you wouldn't already have close knit community. So good. And yeah, thinking about thinking about the like introverts versus extroverts, sometimes it's really hard to like I'm I love people. I love hanging out with people. I love being a part of conversations and groups. But like my wife's a total introvert and she's she could stand in the corner at a party and be totally fine. Um and you know, as as she's as she's over there going, these these aren't I don't know these people yet. And it's like, well, I and I I, I look at it and go, man. But there are people to get to know, like there are people to kind of, I, I want to know these people and the people in the room. And then all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden I know them. My a story from when I was a kid, I was, uh, I, I remember distinctly my parents one time were like, you can't, you need to stop talking to strangers. Cause I was always, I would always like engage conversation with people at the grocery store or, you know, at, at, a, at a restaurant. And, but my, and I actually said to my mom one day, I was like, I was like, they're not strangers once you talk to them. And I remember as a kid thinking how true, like, like now I think of it as a parent who has kids going, please stop talking to strangers. And then it's like, but as a kid, I was like, man, I like there, once I have a conversation, I can, I, I know that I, I know about them and, and they're no longer a stranger, but I just thought, anyway, I thought it was funny. That's um, hilarious. I was the exact same. Honestly, my mom constantly had to tell me to stop talking to strangers. <laughs> I was, when I was in the shopping cart um and uh she was pushing it and i would every person i passed i'd be like hey hope you're having a good day like when i was a little kid and everyone was like oh you're so cute whatever and my mom was just like no please please don't please um, don't feel this and so the other thing that i would do is we'd go to sh we'd uh in south africa there's a lot of less fortunate people and so often a lot of them are hanging outside of grocery stores and uh near places like that where there's food and so sometimes I'd leave and I'd literally like grab a can of something out, out of shopping thing and run up to a person, a less fortunate person and just give it to them. And without asking my mom, she's like, are you kidding me? I needed that I'm, for dinner. That was actually part of our dinner tonight. That was exactly <laughs> that would happen. And uh, so, but I was like, that was just my heart as a young kid. I was just like, I want to speak to everybody. And I just like my heart wept for those that didn't have what we had. And so you know, uh, that's how I was as a kid. Um, and oh, the other thing I, I meant that I want to speak about is, yeah, Yo, you spoke about, oh, you just need, once you speak, once you speak to them, they're no longer strangers. And so yep. what's, what, you know, we often have fear holding us back, but what's the thing that helps us overcome fear? It's faith, you know, taking a leap of faith. And that's often the thing when I spoke about openness and being open from the start, 
it's hard to trust people with who you are, even if it's just the surface level things when you've been hurt in the past. And that's often what I've seen with a lot of people that that like hold back is that there's maybe someone's hurt them in the past or there's something that's or sometimes just their personality. And so that they refraining from really just being open about everything in their life. And so taking a leap of faith and being like, God, I need to take these leaps of faith or else, you know, I'm not going to be able to progress or go forward because I'm just staying put and not taking leaps of faith forward. So taking a leap of faith is how you be open. And when you're introvert, you know, go and find the other introverts in the room. You know, it's, those it's, are the other people sitting in the chairs. Unite. Right. Yes. Those are people <laughs> sitting in the chairs, not speaking to anyone. Go speak to someone who's sitting on a chair, not speaking to someone. The, the extroverted people are standing in a circle or talking louder than a zoo. Okay, avoid them. <laughs> go speak to those and sitting there, not speaking to anybody. If you're an introvert. <laughs> Easier said than done, but yeah. We went, we went to a, a birthday party a couple weeks ago with... There, the parents were in the kitchen and the kids were playing in the other room. And, and we, at one point I realized we were louder than the kids that were in the other room. Cause we were laughing and telling jokes and, and you could see people like in between looking at us going, can you guys please calm down while we're the kids, they're, they're opening presents over here. And we're like, I was like, I'm sorry. We're just a bunch of extroverts hanging out together. It was, it was totally that scenario, which is really funny. Um, so, Hey, one more question for you. As you, as you're on stage and you know you're sharing, you're writing, artistry is very vulnerable. Like it's like it it can be like songwriting. People don't realize a lot of times songwriting is coming from just kind of the depths of you as a person and things that you've experienced. And when you're on stage, it, like sharing those things is just part of the process. And so, how do you balance true authenticity from stage and true authenticity at a coffee shop? with somebody that's in your circle. Cause I don't know about you. Cause sometimes I filter like on stage, I might filter a little bit. Cause it's like, this is out in front of people. And then when I'm, when I'm in a connection, when I'm in a, co a coffee conversation, I find myself like fact, like checking in my head. Is that something I should share? Or is that something I shouldn't share? Is that something that is like, where is, you know, you want to be authentic and true. And it's kind of like balancing the two. Do you struggle with that? Or how do you, how do you, how do you kind of handle that? I would say I could at, at times, but I've definitely been a person who everyone knows is like super open from the start. Yeah. I would say maybe my wife struggles a bit more with that and like her being with me helps uh, her open up more. Um, but I would say when it comes to sharing on stage, so the thing that really gets me to be open to doing it and to going really deep and vulnerable is that I know it can make an impact on people's lives. And like when I want when I, in my mind, I would say I often have thoughts hindering me more from sharing music than being open one-on-one -on -one with people and building that inner circle because it's so vulnerable and so many people could hear it. Like it could potentially reach millions of people to hear the deepest, most vulnerable parts of your life and things you've gone through. Then, you know, just speaking to one person about it and maybe they'll share it to a few others and, you know, may, and if you keep building a relationship with them, that's when things could get worse uh, in terms of like they could stab you in the back and it could really bring long-term pain. But when it comes to music, so I weigh out like the impact it'll make on people versus like, will this just, you know, uh, not make an impact on people and be something that's, that's just like something that's so personal to me and not really going to impact people's hearts. And so sometimes I actually hold back from sharing certain songs that are like, okay, this is a bit way too way too deep this isn't really going to impact people positively 
and other ones that will. For example, I have a song coming out uh, this ni- January 19th, actually. It's called Praise Your Name. And I actually went through a panic attack when I wrote the song. Um, uh, the first time I've ever gone through something like that. And I was in the hospital and literally um, God gave me this song where he showed me like praising his name and praising him is what's going to lift me out of this valley. And so a lot of the verses are, are speaking about the deepest, darkest things I went through during those lows. And then the, the choruses are really about praising him and the bridge as well, even a, a step above that, like really praising God, Jesus name. And so I really, um, you know, I had to look back and be like, is this going to impact a lot of people positively? And then I was like, yes, okay. So I think that outweighs me being scared about what people might think or the vulnerability that I let them now into because so many people's hearts can be impacted. So for me, that's the barrier uh, for being vulnerable with people with releasing songs and being on stage. When it comes to being in person, I would say, you know, the first time you meet them, you don't want to like go into the deepest, darkest catacombs of the things you, you've you experienced in your life. But uh, being open with them on a high level about who you are and what you're doing and what God's called you for. Those are the things. Those are the things, three things for you guys to note on this podcast. Um, high level, who you are, what you're doing and what God's called you for. Um, and that's really easy to discuss with anyone. And see if, you know, maybe they're on the same path as you with what they're, who they are or what they're doing or what God's called them for. Um, and then that's easy conversation. Um, and then deeper down the line is you realize, oh, we're, we're on the same path. And then you build a deeper relationship. Oh, these are the things that happened in, you know, my life and things I need accountability for and, and things I need support for because I'm struggling with this and this and that. And so I would say be high level and be like, this is who I am. This is what I I'm called for this is who I am. This is what I'm doing right now. And this is what God's called me for. Um, yeah. That's so good. Uh, we had, we had Brenton Brown on a few weeks ago and he was talking about one of the songs that he wrote, Lord reign in me. And, uh, which we've sang led, you know, led and, uh, been a part of. And I, and he said, I asked him the question, what, what's the, what's the, what, what, what song has come from the weirdest spot or the weirdest story in life? And it was that song. And uh, I'm just going to leave it there if you guys want to listen back. It's, uh, it's about 10 episodes back. You guys are going to want to check out why, where that song came from because uh, you're going to go, oh, that song came from where? Um, anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave that one right there. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that. Um, but, dude, that's so good, man. I, I uh, yeah, I love this. I love all this. Um, as we kind of wrap up this today, um, we call our podcast The Table. And uh, I believe good conversation happens around good food. And so if I'm coming over to your house for dinner, what is a meal that might be on the table? Hmm. This is, this is a hard one. You mentioned tacos were the way to your heart. And I, and I, oh I mean, yes. Like what is, you know, tell us more about what, what, what is something that kind of. That, tacos that you... are the way to my heart, but food in general is the way to my heart. <laughs> um, my wife realized this. So funny story. Quick funny story. Um, when we were hanging out as we met in LA for the first time, we went as a friend group with those new friends I'd met to a place and she decided to buy me fries. Um, and and I was like, wow, she just won my heart. <laughs> she <laughs> she bought me fries. And she's like, hey. Oh, and it was truffle fries. And I was like, she oh, really yeah. won my heart. Oh, um, that's true. But so food is the way to my heart. Um, and I would I would say yes, tacos. My wife makes the most amazing tacos. Well, she makes she makes all the meat and all the so we we have make your own tacos and we have like about 
30 different things you can choose from to put in your tacos. She makes the meat and all the different things that I help chopping the onions and the tomatoes and those kind of things. I'm chef's assistant. But then the the combinations that I put together with those whatever 30 different items, that's honestly, I'd choose it over any taco shop uh, in, in America. It's so amazing. I've actually, I ate it this week, all week, every night. I, I ate those tacos. So the, the best part about it is there's usually leftovers. There you put it in the fridge and then you and then you bring it out the next like there's little little bits and things you can make other kind of it's kind of a like you said, you eat it every night. It's kind of a combination. I honestly think I honestly think out of all the genre like the the the, the types of food, tacos they Mexican food just wins. Like the tacos, yes. like it just I've never been upset with a taco in my hand. Like it's not a you can't be you can't have a bad day and have a plate full of tacos. It just it just is. Yep, and it's it's different here in in, uh, in Texas. Like tacos are really big here, whereas in southern Southern California, like people like burritos more. So it's like people have breakfast burritos oh, here. Yeah. Everyone here is like breakfast tacos, tacos, tacos. They don't even have burritos here. Did you know that? I, like none of the Mexican places here have burritos. It's all just tacos. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. But yes, I agree. For me, it's it's between pizza and and Mexican. Um, but uh, oh, I've been. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm obsessed with pizza as well, um, but uh, I definitely I'd say the best thing we make is those suckers. They're amazing. They're 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 beautiful. They're you have do you have food from South Africa that you just you either miss or you make since you're since you're not there? Yes, I definitely miss braai. Oh, you know about braai? I don't. Tell me about braai. Braai is our word for barbecue. But okay. We barbecue on a charcoal fire, not uh, these gas. You know these these fake gas barbecues. You know all this stuff. We we go authentic charcoal all the way every time, but we make something called burovos, which is basically a sausage, a uh, a pork and beef sausage that is like massive and just delicious and spiced in amazing ways. Um, and we put that on the charcoal braai, and uh, it is amazing. It's it's my favorite South African food, as as long with biltong. Which is like beef jerky, uh, and but way better, thousand times better. Um, but yeah, I miss the bries in oh, South man. Africa. I'm hungry now. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Hey, so uh, earlier, just a minute ago, you mentioned you have a, you have a new song coming out, and and tell us how we can connect with you, connect with your music. I know you're you're getting ready to move out to Nashville. Like all the things coming. Like how do we connect with how do we connect with you? Yeah, so. I'm on Instagram uh, and TikTok mainly um, at Jesse Froling Music. So J-E-S-S-E-F-R-O-H-L-I-N-G Music. Um, and so, yeah, those are two main places if you're on TikTok and Instagram to follow me. Um, my wife and I also recently created our first band together called Remnant House. And that's also on Instagram and TikTok mainly if you search Remnant House. Um, that we're going to be, we released our first single in December uh, with Integrity, uh, with Integrity Music and uh, ended up, yeah, it was a fun time. We created a version of Silent Night for Christmas and we're going to be releasing a bunch more stuff coming up very soon. Um, and yeah, so we're releasing January 19th with Remnant House actually um, with Mass Anthem and Anthem Worship uh, collaboration there. So super excited for that. And then also releasing in February, March, April, a bunch of songs that are currently scheduled for release. So a lot happening in uh, in 
in 2024. So super excited to connect with you guys. So good. So good. Well, I mean, hey, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate you uh, sharing your story. And uh, from the cereal aisle to, 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 the, to the tacos, to, to all of the, all of the, all of the, um, the wisdom that you're sharing about developing that inner circle. Cause I think uh, it's just, a, it's just, it's great to, it's always great to hear from, um, hear from somebody who's in it and doing it and kind of loving, loving the process. And so, um, so yeah, man, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. You too, man. It was an absolute awesome time hanging with you today. I'm sure, we're going to connect some more in the in the future. And yep. uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. God bless you, brother. You too, man. We'll talk. We'll talk to you guys soon.